Welcome to the Don't Forget Yoga Podcast. In this first episode, I'm going to introduce myself, Derek Pashupa Goodwin, and then talk a little bit about my journey as a yoga teacher and practitioner. After that, I'm going to tell you about my four, four mnemonic, mnemonic methods of memorization and talk a little bit about my plans for future episodes. Thanks so much for giving it a listen. I hope this is the beginning of a long and productive relationship. Om, don't forget, Om, the yoga podcast, music and mantra, and the mantra. In the spring of 2011, I found myself at the Omega Institute in upstate New York. I was sleeping in a tent, and I was spending about 12 hours a day immersed in the Jiva Mukti Yoga teacher training, a month-long training and there were about 115 people from around the world in this training. The months leading up to the training, I'd had a lot of transformations in my life. I was living in Western Massachusetts for about 10 years. And in that time, I'd transitioned from practicing martial arts to going to a Bikram yoga studio for a couple of years. And then another hot yoga studio opened in town called Shiva Shakti with a couple of charismatic teachers from Boston, Brandon and Naima, who are trained by Baron Baptiste. So this hot vinyasa power yoga. And I really love that. I was in a relationship and at the end of 2009, Got my heart broken really bad, and uh, I decided to move down to New Orleans. There, there is a yoga studio in New Orleans. Orleans. They call Swan River, and, and it was a place I went to mend my broken heart and begin my journey to be a yoga teacher. Oh. So at Swan River Yoga Studio, there were teachers that taught a style called Jiva Mukti Yoga. And this Jiva Mukti Yoga, the teacher would come out with a harmonium, a beautiful wooden instrument that had a keyboard and a bellows. And the teacher would play the keyboard with one hand and the bellows with the other. And we would do call and response mantras or chant mantras together and then the teacher would talk about the yoga sutras or some kind of philosophy, Sanskrit or anatomy, mantras, mudras, pranayama, prachahara, samadhi. And even though the teacher was talking to a room full of students, sometimes it felt like they were just talking to me and my broken heart with a tenderness. And it made me feel that I was not alone in having a broken heart and that beneath the broken heart was this deeper interconnected universe of love that was mending my heart slowly, letting me feel the beauty of the pain of the heartbreak. And then the mending and the strengthening and the widening of my ability to love. Om. 
The asana practice was challenging. It was structured, but there was room in it for the teacher to teach peak poses, arm balances, back bends, and every pose leading up to the peak pose made sense in opening the muscles and strengthening the muscles so that we could get into this peak pose. And in that way, every class was like a story. Every class was a journey. So I watched the teachers and I fell in love with the teachers. And I just really always marveled at how my favorite yoga teachers seemed to effortlessly teach classes that opened my heart physically, mentally, opened me up spiritually, and it was like a magic. And I realized what a gift it would be to be able to be that person to other people. And I decided then that I wanted to go do the Jiva Mukti Yoga teacher training. Now, there's a whole story about how I got there, but I'll leave that for another day. And so, here I was in the thick of the training, and realizing the amount of information expected of a yoga teacher. We had experts on anatomy and Sanskrit come teach little modules, but those barely scratched the surface of those disciplines. And then, of course, we were studying the Yoga Sutras, the Bhagavad Gita, the Hatha Yoga Pradipika, dozens of mantras, vinyasa sequencing, yoga assists, which are really big in Jiva Mukti, meditation, theming classes, and more. And it was just overwhelming. And at one point, I just turned to myself and I said, Self, how are you going to remember all of this? At the end of 2011, with my 300-hour certificate in hand, I migrated back down to New Orleans for the winter, and I got to teach at the Swan River Yoga Studio, the place where I'd fallen in love with Jiva Mukti. I took advantage of the fact that the teachers were all taking a week off for the holidays, and I got a permission to teach one class a day during that time. So the beginning of my yoga teaching odyssey was teaching at this special place. And in those early days of my teaching, I didn't worry so much about how many students showed up. But I had lots of anxiety about being able to give the ones that did show up a really good experience. As a yoga teacher, you might know the feeling at the beginning of class when you're looking out at all the students and talking, and they're just looking at you with their serious face or their blank expression or their thoughtful, deep expression. But if you have a little bit of insecurity, all those expressions feel like expressions of disappointment and criticism, <laughs> at least to me sometimes. I would try to tell a joke or something, but uh, <laughs> my jokes aren't for everyone. So I started teaching these classes and there was one student named Sarah who came every day. And she wasn't smiling either. She had a very serious face, in fact. But she was there every day, practicing, seemed to be enjoying it in a serious-looking way. <laughs> and it meant so much to me that one person liked it enough to come every day. And there was other students that came more than once. But Sarah was there every day. And it was such a blessing for a new teacher. 
And I wish that for all new teachers that you find a Sarah. Because even after the other teachers came back, she still came to my classes. And some of the other students came to my classes again. That makes a big difference. But even if that's not your situation as a new teacher, the repetition of showing up again and again will start to ground you in a way that will move you towards finding your Sarahs and the students that really dig what you're doing. You're still going to feel overwhelmed by everything that you have to remember, but you'll start to realize that you have special gifts to share. And if you're like me, it's still going to be hard to remember everything. My mama talking to me, try to tell me how to live. But I don't listen to it because my head is like a sieve. That's a lyric from Cheech and Chong's earache, My Eye. About the time that Cheech and Chong were at the peak of their popularity, I was a teenager smoking a lot of weed. First Lady Nancy Reagan, Just Say No campaign. This is your brain on drugs commercials. And it was obvious that the dangers were being overstated. I smoked a little bit and I was like, oh, this isn't going to make me a heroin addict. This isn't going to make me a egg. <laughs> I wanted to fit in with the cool kids who hung out in the woods behind my house. And if I could, I'd go back and say to that younger self, hey, uh, just wait till you're in your 20s. Science is finding that pot is not really good for the developing adolescent brain. I don't know if it was the weed I began smoking at 15 or just the brain I was born with, but for a long time, I really struggled to remember things. I forget faces, for example. I have a mild and totally self-diagnosed case of prosopagnosia, which is facial blindness. And it happens when I see someone I know in a place where I don't expect to see them. So, for example, if I see a yoga student in a hat store and they come start talking to me like they know me, in my brain I'll be trying to figure out who it is. Who is this? Who is this? And why am I in this hat store? I don't wear hats. My life is just like that. I forget names, which is pretty common. But I've also forgotten large parts of my life. I hear friends tell me stories about things I've done. And I said, really? I did that? Really? So I've learned to lean heavily on the parts of my brain that work a little better. And I'm really good at pattern recognition. And I excel at puns and rhymes, songwriting, intuitive with placement of objects in space. I'm a good listener. Or so I hear. Knowing all of this, it's really no surprise that remembering all the intricacies of yoga teaching is a challenge for me. Like many things in life, though, there's a song that began my journey of remembering. In the United States, we just can't help ourselves. As much as most of us hate standardized testing, it's still the model that most educational systems use to validate a student's progress. And the Jivamukti teacher training was no exception. We had a written portion of our final exam that we needed to pass in order to get our certification. During the training, I was always walking around with my ukulele. There goes Derek with his ukulele again. 
And one of the skills that I've developed to help augment my memory is the ability to make up songs about whatever is going on around me. And so it was that I wrote my first mnemonic song, which I called the Shat Karma Kriya song. The Shat Karmas are six yogic techniques to purify the body outlined by Swatmarama in the Hatha Yoga Pradipika. And we all knew the Shat Karmas were going to be on the final exam. There was no doubt. They were one of the hardest things to remember. I shared the song with a couple people and they told some other people and pretty soon I had a little viral hit within the training on my hands and people were asking me to play it and we would use it to study together into the night. Well, I'm pretty sure everyone in the whole training got that question right on their test. <laughs> Actually, I don't know that, but I know that a few people told me they got it right because they had the song in their head. And so that got me thinking. But before I explain the Shat Karma Kriyas, let me share with you, listener, a actual recording of me playing the song in 2011 in the back of a canoe, Omega Institute, upstate New York. It's at the end of our teacher training after the test, and my friend Halida recorded me with her cell phone. And without further ado, the Shat Karma Kriya song. Now, the Shat Karma Kriyas are a little bit esoteric. You probably heard of the neti pot, Kapala body breathing, maybe, Agni Sara. But they're all just different ways of cleansing and taking action in the body to create a desired effect. For now, I'll just go through them quickly. In a future episode, I'll get an expert on here to go through them in more detail and help you remember them, probably using that song. But for now, Doughty is washing the digestive tract. Basti is cleansing the colon. Neti eliminates mucus from the sinuses using a neti pot, for example. Nauli is churning the abdominal muscles. Trataka is fixing the gaze, most famously by staring at a candle's flame without blinking. Kapalabhati is a breathing technique that shines the skull. It uh, literally means skull shining. Agnisara which literally means firewash, is a pranayama technique that purifies organs of the abdomen. So thousands of classes later, I'm an accomplished yoga teacher. I've learned to manage the challenges of remembering. My best classes are journeys that begin with my harmonium and chanting and mantras. And then we flow through philosophical themes, storytelling, playful sequences, anatomy tips and some demonstrations. It's been quite a journey. My advice to new yoga teachers is to be humble, first and foremost. We can't be everything to everyone. But the truth is that we have our own personalities, we have our own ways of teaching. Some students will resonate with it and some won't. An important concept in yoga from the Niyamas is Svadhyaya, which 
besides being fun to say, it's a Sanskrit word for self-study. And that's a key to success in business and in life. Trying to see ourselves clearly is really hard. I didn't want the world to know that I have a hard time remembering things. To my ego, that felt like admitting I was stupid. But wisdom and intelligence take many forms, and we're all wise and intelligent in our own unique ways. So understanding what those unique qualities we have are, as well as what our weaknesses are, is svadhyaya. And the clarity that comes from self-inquiry is useful. It's useful to know what we're passionate about in yoga, who we want to serve, and then we can stop putting energy into learning all the things that don't serve our mission. So if your goal is to teach trauma-informed yoga, then perhaps learning the Sanskrit names of the poses is not as important. So you can devote more energy to studying trauma and learning how somatic techniques help people move through trauma rather than trying to learn every Sanskrit name of every pose. And so now I want to share with you four, four mnemonic, mnemonic methods of memorization. That's right. The first step of my four, four mnemonic, mnemonic methods of memorization is to decide whether what you want to remember is worth remembering. Think of your brain like a hard drive with limited space. If it fills up with spam emails, then there's no room for important data. MMM number two. Establish a connection to something already remembered. And this is helpful with remembering names, for example. When someone tells me their name, I think of other people with that name or something that reminds me of. Connecting a visual image is really powerful. If you meet someone named Matt, you could imagine them being rolled up into a yoga mat. Make sure you let them go. <laughs> M -M -M. Number three. Use wordplay mnemonics. So I love words, rhyming, acronyms, alliteration, and music for me, song lyrics, are the most memorable way to remember things. Sometimes you can tie things to a familiar song and just change the words a little bit. I'm sure we've all done this. When I first came up with the idea for this podcast, I was having a really hard time just saying the word mnemonic because seeing that M at the beginning, I wanted a mnemonic. And so mnemonic was hard for me to say. And then I came up with the Don't Forget Yoga Podcast theme. Om, don't forget, Om, the yoga podcast. Music, mantra, and mnemonics. And once I did that, I hardly ever say mnemonic wrong anymore. Sometimes I say it wrong on purpose. Four, four mnemonic, mnemonic methods of memorization. Number four. Through repetition, through repetition, the magic will rise. The magic will rise. My teacher, Sharon Gannon, the co-founder of Jiva Mukti Yoga, loved to tell us this. She said it so often that I easily remember it. The more we repeat something, either to ourselves or even better, out loud to someone else, the more likely we are to remember it. But remember, it takes time. We've all had the experience of studying for exams using flashcards, cramming for the exam, as they say, and then the next week it's all gone. 
But if we came back to those flashcards every couple of weeks or every once a month even, they start to sink in. It takes time. So journaling, reading books and rereading books, listening to songs over and over. These are ways of remembering things longer term. And that's kind of obvious, but it's good to remember. After my teacher training, I got a job working at the Jiva Mukti Yoga Center in New York City, Union Square. I was the web editor, and I started teaching there. And during that time, there was a teacher there whose classes were always full in a room that held over 75 students. It was very impressive, and everyone loved her. Her name was Rima Rainey Rabbith. For the purposes of this show, we can call her Rima Rainey Rabbith, the Rememberer. What I noticed was that she had great Dharma talks. She had great vinyasa sequences. They were imaginative and challenging. But there was lots of teachers at Jivamukti NYC at the time that were amazing. What really set her apart was how she was with the students, I think. And one of the things that I noticed about her right away was how good she was at remembering students' names. In this giant room that held 75 students, it was inevitable at the beginning of her class, about five minutes was spent just rearranging mats so that everyone could fit in, squeezing the people who walked through the door in between the people who had already set up. And she had assistants that helped out. But while all this was going on, anytime someone new would come into the room, she would engage them in conversation. Oh, what's your name? Where'd you come from? Who do you know? Just getting context and being present as she engaged with them. And then later in the class, inevitably, she would say their name. She would say, hey, Fred, great warrior one. Yoda, spread your fingers wider and press your finger knuckles down, always complimenting or giving advice. Not in a way that was embarrassing, but in a way that let them know they were part of the class, that she saw them, that they were special even in a room of 70 students who she already knew and loved. And that is yoga teacher gold, if you can do that. Like Maya Angelou says, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. A question we should always ask ourselves, how do we make our yoga students feel special? I left New York City in 2019 and landed in Boulder, Colorado, right before the pandemic. I decided to take a break from teaching Jiva Mukti Yoga and to add some new ideas and energy into my practice. I began studying yoga with a teacher named Amy Apoliti, who came out of the Anyasara lineage. And then the pandemic happened. I launched a podcast called the Warrior One Podcast during the pandemic. And while I was quarantining, in a new place that allowed me to really dig deep into the music and songwriting that I loved. I really found my unique voice. Oh. 
the spring of 2021, I ended up moving back to Massachusetts to be close to community and friends. And during this time, I also did a 300-hour advanced certification with Amy, and it was all online, but it was very well done. And in that training, I wrote two new songs to help me remember anatomy. The pelvis song. Well, the pelvis is basin of your body. It connects our spines to our hips and the places we get naughty. Ooh. It's like a bowl with a big hole, an inlet and an outlet, yo. One sacrum, two hip bones, and a cock six. They say it's greater at the top. And a country music parody called A Humorous Love Song to the Shoulder Girdle. Can I lay my head on your shoulder girdle, girdle? Beside the raven's beak, coracoid process of your scapula. Our friends say it's presumable that our love is glenohumeral. But my predicament is that you and your ligaments are polyamorous. Those will be featured in future episodes. I hope this podcast will have a wide appeal to lots of people in the yoga tradition, but I'm specifically targeting new yoga teachers because I feel that it's such a precious and important part of the journey of being a yogi. You go from practicing yoga, finding teachers that you admire, feeling a connection that you want to help other people, and then you choose a yoga teacher training. You get usually 200 hours. Mine was 300 hours. Even with that amount of hours, it's just learning the very tip of the iceberg of yoga, a tradition that's been going on for thousands of years and has such depth and breadth. You come out of the teacher training ready to teach, but also knowing there's so much to know so much to remember. Now, one of the things I really love about being a podcaster is getting to access other teachers and interview people who I admire in the yoga world, in the anatomy world, in the world of memory. I get to hear their different perspectives and share them with you. I've got a few interviews in the queue that have already widened my understanding of yoga and memory in ways that I didn't expect. I'm going to start the series by reconnecting with some of the people that went through the Jiva Mukti Yoga teacher training with me in 2011, seeing where they are now. Some of them are still teaching the Jiva Mukti Yoga method. Many of them are not. It was an influential time for all of us, and we still hold it very dear. And going back to the roots feels like the way to start this. And then I will interview some of the people who were in my 300-hour advanced certification with Amy Apolity. So you're about to meet a lot of different yoga teachers from all over the world, and we're going to talk about the ancient teachings of yoga. We're going to talk about the modern thoughts on anatomy and the science of anatomy, the science of mindfulness. It's not going to be specific to any tradition. After I do the Jiva Mukti and the Amy Apolity. I'm going to expand outwards and start including everyone. I've actually started practicing again 
at that hot yoga studio in Northampton, Massachusetts, Shiva Shakti, where Brandon and Naima teach, and hopefully I'll bring them on. I'm really looking forward to this journey. It's going to be unlike any other podcast you've ever heard. I can guarantee that. <laughs> if you enjoy silly, creative, strange people, you're going to love me and you're going to have a fun ride. If I could ask one thing from you at the end of this episode, if you've enjoyed it, you can, of course, leave a rating on the app you're listening to the podcast on. Go do that right now before you forget. <laughs> but if you're someone who's struggled with memory or if you're someone who has a unique way of remembering something, a mnemonic device or a mantra, a song, anything that helps you, if you go to don'tforgetyoga.com, there is a button that you can press to leave me a voicemail and I'd love to hear some voicemails so that I can include the listeners in future episodes answer your questions or share your tips maybe even give you an interview of your own at some point so please either leave a rating leave a voicemail or at least subscribe and keep listening there's a lot of great stuff coming up so until the next time don't, don't forget, forget yoga, yoga. I'm going to leave you with a one-minute version of our theme song. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Derek Goodwin. Some people call me Pashupa. And some, some people don't. I'm the host of this podcast, and I'm here to, to remind, remind you. Oh, don't forget, on the yoga podcast. We got music, we got mantras, we got mnemonics. Oh, don't forget. Helping new yoga teachers absorb yogic wisdom with music, mantras, and mnemonics. Don't forget the yoga podcast. Anatomy, philosophy, Sanskrit, and the deity. And some dope-ass interviews. Don't forget now, don't forget now, don't forget now, don't forget. Don't forget it. Mnemonics.